Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome once again to Madam Perry's Salon, the podcast that loves you. I am your hostess, groove mistress, and spiritual advisor, sometimes cruise director, Madam Perry. But you can call me Jennifer or Jan, or if you're musicians, call me JP. I'm just happy to be here with you. And by the way, um, if you're listening live tonight, this is November 18th on Blog Talk Radio. If you haven't subscribed, uh, there's a kind of an azalea hot pink rectangle with white letters that says follow. If you could click on that, that would really be a wonderful thing for me and for uh, for my guest or whatever whatever platform you prefer for listening to your podcast. Please follow and subscribe to Madam Perry Salon because that helps me to continue to bring so many fantastic guests to you. Uh, some people that have left messages, or not messages, they've left reviews actually on the podcast on Apple iTunes or on Stitcher. And one of the things that I read the most, and, and yes, if, you, if you're so inclined, please leave a review. Uh, but one of the things people say the most, and this is one thing that I really like because it's what I intend to do, people say they like the fact that when they listen, you know, there's a variety of guests. It could be, it could be um, I don't know, an 80s rocker. It could be a best-selling author. It could be a scientist, NASA jet propulsion laboratory experts, or it could be people they've never heard of before. But either way, they like the mix of people they know, people they don't know, and meeting you people. And that's what I like. That's what I want you to. That's what I want to bring people you know, people that you don't know yet that you find out you like. And I love it when people tell me or message me that they enjoyed a guest and went out. Just from the just from listening, went out and bought their books or their music or saw their films, and and that's great. By the way, last week, last Monday, my guest was Joe Milliken. Now, Joe Milliken is a, a journalist and copywriter. He has a few websites. One is called Standing Room Only, where he gives you all the information of what's happening around the Boston area is in the music scene. But Joe was talking about his new book. Actually, his first not, his first book is called Let's Go, and it's a biography of Benjamin Orr from The Cars. Uh, most people... Most people still know the Cars. I mean, it's an 80s band. They were Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, but, you know, everybody knows the songs. Uh, Let's Go. And Benjamin Orr, along with Rick Ocasek, who passed recently, uh, ben, they were the co-founders and co-vocalists of the band. Benjamin Orr, who passed away, I believe it was in 2006, um, he sang the song Drive, Who's Gonna Drive You Home Tonight? And so, um, still beloved, I, I got to tell you, I knew people still liked the Cars. But I was I was not prepared for the spike in listeners just from that one show. I mean, and you know, you can always download the podcast free if you miss them or you want to hear something again. You can always download them on Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Blueberry, Podbean, Last F, all kinds of 
podcast platforms. Uh, but there was a huge spike in listeners and downloads from him on there. And he gave away, he was giving away a book. Now, you know, it doesn't look really good if I draw because people are going to wonder if I've just chose my friends. But, you know, I, I like too many people, and that would even be difficult. So I always like to have someone else, especially another guest or another performer, do the drawings for the book. So everyone that called in or messaged in that they wanted to win a book, the book, uh, Let's Go, the story of the Cars, Benjamin Orr, I gave all the names to two friends of mine. It's a married couple. They're actors. Now, if you ever watch a show called Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, starring Essie Davis, well, Anthony Sharp plays Cecil on Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, and his wife, um, Julie Sharp, is an actress and comedian in Australia, where they both live. So these two actors, uh, Anthony Sharp and his wife, Julie Sharp, are going to do the drawing and do the video of it so we will know who won the book. Uh, Let's go about Benjamin Orr of the cars. So, yeah, so when I get that video from them and they draw the winner, and believe me, (laughs) these videos are are always entertainment in themselves, Uh, then, of course, I'll announce who the winner is and get it to you. So sometimes one of the most fun things about doing this podcast is that I meet some people, maybe people that I've been following for a, a long time, for years, I've been a fan of, or people who I don't know, just like you tell me when you listen, and then to get to follow them and follow their careers and see things grow and see things happen for them as their as their career unfolds, it's very, very exciting to watch, and that is the case tonight, because tonight's guest was on was on here about two years ago. In fact, I think we had a virtual meetup in Amsterdam to do the show, just a virtual. This this is a virtual uh, salon. And uh, the book then was called The Mourner's Cradle, and it was published by my friends at Crystal Lake Publishing. But this is something brand new. The author is considers himself a writer of dark fiction. Of course, his, his uh, Twitter handle is Pen, is P-E-N of Chaos. That tells you right there. But he is uh, an award-winning author. He's got a brand-new suspense and coming-of-age novel called Anybody Want to Play War. It's just out. Uh, you can get an e-book print from Seventh Star Shadow, publisher with a lot of big names, a lot of great names in there. And let me introduce and welcome back to Madam Perry Salon, author Tommy B. Smith. Tommy, welcome back. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Oh, good. It's been I'm a little glad. while. <laughs> yes, it has. It has been a while. I'm glad you didn't forget. Uh, you, you didn't lose your way here. You didn't forget how to get back in here. And I'm so glad to have you back. So a lot of stuff has happened to you. Um, first of all, before we get into your new book, let's. let's Let's chronicle a few things. When you first came here, uh, the book, The Mourner's Cradle, fantastic book, got lots of great reviews, did did well. Since then, and, and you also have other books that, that uh, Poisonous, Pieces of Chaos, uh, you've yep. had a lot of short stuff that's been in uh, publications, um, you worked as editor of Morpheus Tales, uh, Urban Horror, lots of special things like that that you've been a part of and that you're known for. Uh, but also, you won the Imagine Award for Mourner's Cradle. Is that correct? 
Yes, that's true. And that's the, in uh, 13 years of my writing, that's actually the first award I've ever run, won for my writing. So I'm quite happy to have someone recognize something I'm do- I've done in that way. And uh, it won uh, Best Horror Novel, Imagine 2019. So, yes, I was very happy with that. Yeah, that is fantastic. And so um, that plus um, you uh, released a documentary, Road Between Worlds, a horror Arthur's Chronicle at Imaginarium's Independent Film Festival. Uh, could you, can you give us a little recap on that? Yes, there is a trailer for it online, but <clears throat> that was uh, that was an experiment. Um, I started working with my friend Will Harrison, who runs the OKC Edge, which is a pop culture web scene out of Oklahoma City, and they cover a lot of different events. And these, these can be events from um, pop culture conventions uh, all the way to concerts and uh, anything and everything in between. Um, but um, – so I started collaborating with him, and he had been an early supporter of my work and uh, advertising the, the scene because I was doing a lot of events up in Oklahoma City um, years back. And uh, he began to support what I do quite a bit. And uh, we started talking about that, doing an actual documentary. And <clears throat> noticing, uh, since you were speaking of music before, and so many bands go out and do a, a tour video, what have you, and I wondered, well, you know, artists and authors, I never really hear of doing that. And I said, I wonder why. Well, now that I've done it, I know why. But but I uh, pushed through it, and I got it done. And there were a lot of obstacles and a lot of issues. But despite all of that, we pushed through it. Went through the entire book tour, which was um, originally 15 uh, book tour dates, 15 different shows. And that's not counting just local events and little library and bookstore signings and what have you. And um, I think there was only one that was canceled, so it ended up being 14. And that was uh, across 11 cities and five states. There were a lot of experiences and a lot of different uh, other creators and and artists and authors and uh, all sorts of different people, people of varying size and shapes and colors and backgrounds. And and, uh, so I thought it was interesting to get everyone's take on the creative process on what they do and, and why they do what they do. So um, rather than just have it focus on me, because focusing on my creative journey, but I also wanted to focus on those intersecting points where my journey mapped out of others. And uh, we just had some good conversation about some creative topics. And uh, there are a lot of themes also, sort of themes that surrounded, since it was the tour for the Mourner's Cradle, uh, themes that were prevalent in the Mourner's Cradle, such as uh, loss and grief and it doesn't get too too bleak in in that regard, but you know cemeteries. I actually uh, some of that was shot in some of the local cemeteries. And Oak Cemetery is the oldest cemetery here where I live in Fort Smith, and also some of the local uh, legends and folklore, uh, such as of a witch's grave. Some of that factored into it, and uh, you know, sort of a blending of fact and fiction, and how we're influenced by any number of things in our environment. Uh, that inspiration is everywhere. And we carry that with us. And uh, even by the past, all of these stories uh, that come out of a place such as the cemetery, and so many think of a cemetery as a place of endings, when from a certain perspective it can actually be a place of beginnings because there's so many stories and so much of the past still exists there. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was an experiment, but uh, yeah, we, we brought it to the film festival, and people seemed to be, uh, people, it seemed to go across pretty well. Uh, for all the groups that showed up, there were uh, two different showings of it. 
one at night and one, uh, I think, in the afternoon the following day. But, and where could somebody see that now? Is it, is it available on, on YouTube or somewhere? I hope that uh, by the end of the year it will be made available online. Um, <clears throat> there may be a version. Uh, there may be a free version online uh, that would be a shorter version, and then there, there would probably be the full feature with the bonus features and all of that that would be available for purchase because um, there was a lot of other material that actually didn't make it into the feature. Um, so for the really diehards, that will probably be available as well. It will be working that out as well. Um, we're sort of at the film fest uh, stage right now, but yeah, I would like to see that in, in the months to come. So hopefully that'll, that'll happen. I think in time it will. Um, you know, I, I really, really, really admire that, that you guys came up with that idea and uh, borrowed from, from what the musicians do because, you know, I'm an entertainment publicist and I always like for my, um, clients i like clients who's who have an imagination like yours who are ready to go for something different not just what everybody else has done and they don't always expect the same results um you know because i have a client now who started wrote some couple of songs for uh her new book and then i said why don't you go ahead and make a whole ep to accompany it accompany it or a cd you know and and mm. she's on it she did it so i mean she didn't argue so i think that's even better and also um, in the documentary Road Between Worlds, a horror author's chronicle, um, it, it furthers your brand. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and uh, reach- mm-hmm. It does. It reaches reaches across. It's it's another medium um, to communicate what I do, and uh, not everyone gets to see behind the scenes. Really, just the day to day, you know, struggles and all of the work that goes into the process of, of writing and, and then the promotion and all of that. And uh, so, uh, you know, I was talking to someone after the show about how uh, we have these images in, in television and, and film of how the writer retires to a cabin where he gets to work on his newest novel in progress just at his leisure <laughs> for however long. And he said, I wish. Uh-huh. You know, because <laughs> I'm constantly on the run, and and that sort of documents that. It's just the the reality of it Brother, more so than all of that, the glamorized version of it. That is no joke. That is absolutely no joke. And you know, that was one thing I said. Um, I right now I, I've started having a group of people who um, I do these coaching groups to other authors who can't afford a big publicity campaign. I teach them how to do it themselves, how to start their own. And I said, you know, the worst thing, one of the things I despise in the media, movies, TV, whatever, even one of my favorite uh, series, I quit watching because I knew where it was headed, but it's where somebody in the story decides, I'm going to write a book, and before you know it, they're sitting behind a table with lines out the door and around the corner. You know, they just like... That's about, you know, no. And then people, and then that makes everyone else think, oh, well, all I got to do is write a book and then sit behind the table, you know, and, and it's, no, no, it's, no, it's, that's a whole different thing. Oh, absolutely. Which, yeah, it just drives, I said, oh, no, don't do that to me again. I, that is just not, it gives people this, um, you know, it's just like saying, uh, uh, well, there's a lot of analogies. I'm not even going to get started on those now. But that, but I think that. <laughs> 
use of my time and, and words now would be to say this would be a good time to stop for anybody that's listening that loves somebody that's a writer, a musician, filmmaker, all of the above, whatever. I always put some uh, a lot of posts out on all my social media in the holidays saying, listen, if you've got a writer friend and 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 Tommy, if you go along with me, if you agree with this, I want you to, to back me up here and, and let me know. And if not, tell me. But I always say if you've got somebody you love, who does this, they do not need a coffee mug that says, I'm a writer, I'm a musician. They don't need a T-shirt. <laughs> they don't need a bumper sticker that says it. What they, what the best gift I tell people to give, writers, music, buy the book, host a book event, and if you've already bought the book and you've already hosted it but you want to give them something, gift cards, gas cards, food cards, grocery store, because when they're on tour and they don't have a sponsor – they still got to pay for the gas to get from one place to the other and stop and eat. So, Oh, definitely, definitely. And and one other one for your list, uh, book reviews, that's nice. You know, when people read a book and, and if they enjoyed it, sometimes people will tell me privately, but and which I appreciate. You know, I do appreciate that. But, you know, saying so publicly is even, even a, a step above that. And uh, I always appreciate the reviewers out there who are willing to take their time and even even of a review of just a sentence or two explaining maybe they liked the book, maybe what they liked about it, what have you. It doesn't take that long to do, and, and the, all of the authors appreciate it, myself included. Yes, thank you for that. And even I'm guilty of forgetting that sometimes. And folks, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be something that's uh, uh, an award-winning piece. You know, you're not you're not trying to replace Michiko Kakutani of the New York Times, although I know she's not there now. But you know, just put down about what you liked about it, what it meant to you, just that, and it means more to an author than you know. Now, speaking of, yeah, and thanks for adding that in for me. Um, so, your newest book, Anybody Want to Play War? I mean, this is something, and, and Tommy, I see a lot of books. You know, I have I do uh, reviews for NetGalley. I talk to a lot of people who uh, need I have people on the show. This is so I'll, you, you see a lot of storylines done over and over and kind of remixed and redone. This is very different from anything I think I have ever seen, and which is refreshing. Um, could I could I just read the, the synopsis off the website, off the Seven Star Press website? Would that be okay? Absolutely. Okay, here's the synopsis. This is a new book. And by the way, if you're listening live, I'm, if you just tuned in, I'm talking to Tommy B. Smith, um, writer of very dark fiction, very gifted writer. And uh, we're talking about his newest book, Anybody Want to Play War? I'm reading the synopsis. Brutal injuries can, can leave scars. And as a teenage survivor of a savage dog's rampage, it's a lesson Bryce Gallo will never forget. The struggling to cope with his damaged appearance, along with the newfound fear of dogs and mounting anxieties at home and school, he flees his suburban home into the moonlit streets of St. Charles. But along the roads of suburbia and through the shadowed heart of the city, he encounters Wheels, a maintenance worker for a series of apartment buildings, Paloma, known to some as by the moniker of Lady Luck, and a woman in a dark house who is, as far as Bryce can fathom, like no one else he's met before. But his new life is not without obstacles or enemies, he learns. The future 
is a battlefield, fire and smoke loom on the horizon, and his dangerous course may see the lives of his family and friends forever changed. And this, I don't know, when I just just reading the synopsis, I thought, okay, this is fresh, this is different, because you've got the person going through the, the physical and mental horrors and challenge, and then it seems to have an almost dystopian-type angle to it. So tell us about anybody who wanted to play war. Where was your idea? And tell me where you came up with the idea for the character of Bryce Gallo in his story. Well, the interesting bit about, and I had someone else mention that about it, it came across as almost dystopian, um, <clears throat> but it actually takes place in the early 80s. However, uh, there are a lot of events that have occurred, and uh, <clears throat> this is the city it's set in, was actually the same city that the Mourner's Cradle was set in, which is St. Charles. So, and I'm not going to give too much of that away for anyone who hasn't read the Mourner's Cradle yet, but this story is, is a standalone story, but it does, it does uh, rise from the rubble of everything that has happened, and it's, it's, uh, it's a year later, and uh, there are different characters and what have you, but um, <clears throat> so there is that, and that's the sort of metaphor of the cover art, and and, uh, and there there's really with that there's uh, more than one metaphor also in the title. Any anybody want to play war? But um, the character uh, Bryce, he's from the start he's attacked by a dog, <clears throat> and uh, there was a, a savage dog or a dog goes on a savage rampage, and he is in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, he manages to survive this, but uh, it, it's a traumatic experience. Leaves him with a very nasty and prominent scar. And <clears throat> younger people, well, children, don't tend to possess a lot of empathy, I found, at least in my younger days at school. And uh, this marks him as an outsider. Um, he sort of learns what it is to be to be ugly, to be an outsider, and it's very difficult for him to come to terms with having to go back to school. And uh, as it is, he's got some problems at home, and they, they really haven't come to the forefront until now, but uh, everything sort of derails and uh, is spurred into motion by what happens with the dog. And uh, for, uh, for a young man who doesn't really know himself that well yet, or I say young man, he's a teenager. Uh, he's on his way to young manhood, but it's uh, you know, it can be a very vexing time to be a teenager. Um, a lot of us have all been teenagers before, and uh, so it's his uh, his struggle, and to come to terms with that as well. He's he's does have a fear of dogs now because of that, and uh, then, uh, there there are other characters who figure into the story. And, uh, you know, the city of St. Charles is damaged in its way, and, and now he's damaged as well. So uh, it's a very character-driven story. Um, then there are the other characters who come into play a bit later um, of Paloma and Wheels. And uh, and then there was actually, and I, I'm not going to say who this is, but it just might be possible that uh, there was a character in the Mourner's Cradle that uh, you you might see someone's face again if you were a fan of that book. I think you'll probably be delighted about that. But uh, I'll just leave that at that. Okay. But um, yeah, it's it, I, 
it was an it was an interesting and enjoyable process. This book, I actually wrote it faster than I write a lot of the other books, and uh, yeah, it's 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 more character driven, as I said. It's not an out and out horror story, but it is more of a coming in coming of age and suspense story. What? How long did it take you to write this? You said it wrote, you wrote it faster than anything you've done before. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was only uh, maybe a couple of months I wrote this one. <clears throat> and oh, I know Nano okay. is going on right now, so there are people writing books a lot faster than that at the moment. But for me, that's fast. Yeah, definitely. So um, in the characters, and I think this is one thing about – this that appeals to me is, you know, being that it's character driven, I mean, the characters that Bryce meets and it's like those, it seems to be like a small, like a sub, not, not a subculture, but it's like their own little society or their own kind of put together, thrown together world between wheels. Who's a maintenance worker, uh, Paloma, um, the, the woman in the dark house. It's, it's like, the kind of people who who don't fit anywhere else. I mean, they can put on the act, they can do what they have to do to get by, but they don't really belong somewhere else, and they have their own little society or uh, culture. Somewhat, that that is true. And you're so right. Thing with too with with uh, with kids in school and so forth. Yeah, there is no not much sympathy and no mercy, and it's like once someone is targeted and. You know, and as as I knew from from growing up, you know, once you're targeted as as the the one, you know, the the, the geek or the ugly right. one or whatever, it never lets up. It never stops. Never lets up. Um, and right. And when you're in and go ahead. When you're in school, being being different can can work against you in a number of ways. Uh, when you're an adult, it can be an asset, you know, especially in, if you're in the world of creativity and and what have you. But, uh, yeah, in those days, uh, it was a lot different. So that was kind of in, in me. You know, I was always I was always quite an outsider myself. So, that, you know, there's a little certain personal aspects, you know, of life that, that influenced me. That I suppose it was a, a bit more personal. But, um, you know, then there's that separation of the art and the artist. It's, the character is not me and what happens to him is not what happened to me. But. You know, there is that sort of relatable um, connection between between the book and and you know what I went uh, into writing it, and uh, so yeah, I think mm-hmm. empathy is something that it t- requires years to uh, formulate, to understand. You know, uh, come to understand mm-hmm. others. Uh, little children haven't had those years to understand that, so. Yeah, true, and of course I, I give thanks that that because of my age, when when I was going through that, there wasn't the uh, social media out to make to even you know multiply to multiply the right. the um, situation. But um, so yeah, and that's another reason why the eighties is. I think that's why the eighties seems so popular. I remember talking to you about the morning cradle, and we were talking about how there's a whole different way people relate, and I think that's why it's also. Because uh, you didn't have cell phones and cameras and selfies, and it's not somebody making a video of everything. I think that's why it's popular in shows like um, uh, Stranger Things and so forth that happens in the 80s. Yes. What, what do you, it's a different kind of communication. Yes, and, and, yes. yes. And, and Stranger Things, you know, I think captures that quite well. Uh, it's a, that's, that's one show I've enjoyed 
but uh, yeah, like with the Mourner's Cradle, that was in 1979. So, you know, as you say, there's you didn't have cell phones and what have you. You had to go find the payphone with the gum stuck on the receiver, and then you go find another payphone, and you know. Yeah. So, uh, and if you remember that, that's yeah, sort of how uh, things were, and uh, so. So, and and then we go forward a little bit into the early 80s with uh, anybody want to play war and um also like i said as far as the the metaphors go with the title uh something else that sort of uh came back to me that influenced that or inspired that um it's that is sort of a metaphor but also it comes into play in a literal fashion because his uncle actually came back from the vietnam war and so he's while he's a teenager, he also had a, a much younger childhood, and uh, he remembers his uncle coming back and, and sort of the differences and how that how the war affected his uncle. And, uh, you know, looking at uh, some of the kids on the playground and how, you know, how they would go out and play war games, you know, build up a fort and throw rocks and at each other and sticks or whatever, and to them, war was more sort of like a game. It was something, you know, that you play pretend and then looking at the contrast between people when they're older, when they've developed some, some empathy, as we talked about, and if they've actually been to war, what war has done to them. And just uh, rather than being a fantasy, it's become a reality. And it's very different from the, from the fantasies of, of, and, you know, pretend play of, of the younger kids. And uh, you, by the way, if, if you're, if you're listening, if I just want to say, if you're listening live right now, and like I said, this is uh, um, Monday, November 18th, 2019, and if you want to call in and talk to or have a question or comment for Tommy B. Smith about his newest book, Anybody Want to Play War or about writing, uh, you can certainly call in the number 646-716-9922, and that's 646-716-9922. Um, or for people who can't call, you can always send me a message through Jennifer Maudette Perry or through um, Madam Perry Salon, and I will be happy to share. You know, Tommy, you know, we all know sometimes you have a job where you can't always make a phone call, but you're uh, <laughs> some people send messages through, and that's that's good enough, too. Um, right. So, yeah, so just. Definitely call, and um, and also for people who listen, uh, some people I know listen in their car. They tell me, and so you can always download those for free on any social media outlet. So um, yeah, six four six seven one six nine nine two two. Because somebody just asked me again what the number was. So um, yeah, there are different things. Yeah, the 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 the, the phone booth, the having to get there. I remember uh, reading Rita Mae Brown's book. Um, the, the author Rita Mae Brown, is, but in her uh, story of her own life, she said in college she knew that there was going to be a hazing, you'd get kidnapped or something, and you never knew mm. what would happen, and have anything. So she always kept dimes in her shoes, in her tennis shoes, so she could get to a pay and call for help. <laughs> like, you know, how you know. It, it seems right, so, you have your uh, little cell phone with you. You can just pull out at any moment and take care of the problem and then back then it was uh yeah a bit of a longer more drawn out process but. <laughs> yeah yeah it was almost primitive wasn't it um so when and and two by the way the book has a great cover i meant to say that earlier the cover for anybody want to play war 
it's good. But I remember the character. You see the back, the the back of the character, uh, the main character Bryce, and he's walking with a bicycle. He's got a t-shirt, shorts, walking with a bicycle, um, and he seems to be in an area where it looks like there's been an uh, an earthquake or something. Right. <clears throat> I don't know how much I should say about that, but yes. Okay. All right. I'm not, yes, I'm not good. Yes. I'm not good. Um, okay. But it makes you know, me think an, too. That's another one of. Oh, I'm just going to say that's that's another one of those aspects of the cover art that is is both a metaphor, but also uh, there's something literal about it that comes of the, you know, of the past of St. Charles and then why it's become a city sort of marred by tragedy. But then there's also just the giant mess of his life and his future, and uh, not being able to see a future, the way things are going. Mm-hmm. For him in the story, at least through much of it. When, um, yeah, and when I looked at, at the, the, you know, probably back then more than now, unless you're, you know, in Europe or someplace where people do ride bicycles a lot, you know, that that was your transportation, that was your ride, that was your that was your conveyance to get you everywhere. Somebody stole your bike or your or you had a flat tire, that was it. But so he's got the bicycle, but. Um, and I also think about too war. You talk about kids. There's family members that have come back from you know, you know people that have been to war. Maybe uncles, parents, uncles, or um, older people you know in the neighborhood. I know I had great when I was a kid. I had great grand, um, great uncles that had been the Korean War. And but kids, yeah, war was a big thing for kids to play. I remember my brothers. You know, always look for the neighborhood guys and go, hey, anybody want to play war? Who wants to play army? They call it play army. And um, mm-hmm. same thing, you always had a fort. Or, of course, we were in in, uh, in Georgia, so we we mostly threw dirt clods. But still, it's the same thing. <laughs> well, that's probably yeah. better than better than rocks. Um, <laughs> I remember, uh, yeah, I, re- I remember we would try to hurt each other. And <laughs> so... Uh, but, uh, but you know, some of us are still here to talk about it. So it's, uh, you know, they, they were different times. Okay. Um, I have someone uh, calling in to talk to you, Tommy Smith. And so welcome to right. Madam Perry Salon. Here with Tommy Smith. Tommy B. Smith. Hello. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes. Hi. Come. Hey, I, I, can Tom hear me? I Hello. Think so Tommy, yes, can you absolutely. Oh, hi. Hey, uh yeah, my name's Joe and I was uh, I'm a writer and I was I was interested in, in asking you a couple questions. I I know you write novels and everything, but I also see that you wrote some short fiction. Yes. Okay, yeah, when you, what, short fiction is that like stuff that's in magazines or what what is that? What is that really? I I was curious about that. Well, you know, um <clears throat> I had heard early on before I was a published author that a lot of authors got their start writing short fiction, short stories for different magazines and such. And uh, I found out a bit later that that's not necessarily the truth. I mean, some of them did. um, But however, I did find that that was an excellent way to hone my craft through the years. And I think I became a better writer because of it. But yeah, I started out selling a lot of short stories. I started writing short stories and selling them to different magazines and, and to different anthologies when I would see the submission calls. And um, I think it was around 2006 that I started making some of my first sales. And I uh, sold uh, a, 
a slew of stories around that time, and that was 2000, January of 2007 that my first published short story came out and on from there, and I had a number of them come out that year. And, uh, yeah, then I had a later on through the years, yeah, actually that's what I did mostly at first uh, for years, and then uh, the short story collection Pieces of Chaos came around, uh, and that reprinted some of my short stories uh, from the old, some of my older material as well as some, some newer material that was exclusive to that volume. But, yeah, that is how I got my start. And I, th- I think it's a good idea for most writers to hone their craft that way. It sort of develops, gives you a, a method to develop a tighter style, and, to, and it also helps gain feedback from editors. Um, oh, even yeah, that that sounds really interesting to me because I, I, um, I'm, you know, I, I haven't, I write, as of right now, I'm, I'm, I just write children's books, but I have a more sophisticated novel in mind but I, I was thinking about doing the short fiction for magazines. I was just, and I saw that you did quite a few. I'm looking at a, at a, like your resume here, like a biography, and I see you did quite a few. How does someone get started in that? What magazines should I look up, or is there a, is there a website, or what do you recommend for that? Yeah, you can look at a. <clears throat> there are a few different ones. Uh, it depends on what you write. Um, now, Duotrope. Now you say uh, I don't know. if, you mentioned children's books. I don't know if you would be looking to write short stories in in that genre, but uh, uh, the but, the novel I have in mind would be like a high fantasy kind of thing, more of an adult right. high fantasy. It wouldn't actually be related to my um, to the children's work that I do now. But in order for me to to kind of get my beak wet, so to speak, I kind of want to do some short fantasy stories. Sure, yeah, you can look at, uh, well, there's Raylan.com, which is R-A-L-A-N.com, and uh-huh. uh, there, you'll find listings there. Um, I've looked at Dark Markets, which is more geared to, toward horror and dark fiction, like I write. Okay. Um, and, one, and one good one that uh, used to be free, but now it's actually, you have to sign up and, and it, you have to pay, but I think it's only $5 a month, and it does provide... Uh, and it keeps up-to-date listings on a lot of the markets and submission calls, and that's Duotrope. So uh, if you're willing to – And is that Duotrope, D-U-O-T-R-O-P-E? Yes. Okay. That's and, great. Uh, yeah, that really helps out because um, – $5 a month, but that that will be a helpful database for you. What was your What was your personal – if, if I mean, I mean, I, know, I can see you wrote quite like a like ten or twelve here. What was your best experience doing the short fiction and submitting it to magazines? I mean, what was? I know you said it was good practice to for your for you to eventually get your novel done, but what did you find to be like um, your most uh, positive experience? Uh, you said something about you get you get feedback from editors. Was there anything that? you got back or that you spoke to somebody that really helped you find your voice or something like that? Well, I, um, I, at first when I got involved with Morpheus tales, and I think that was maybe 2008 is when they first started. Mm -hmm. And I submitted, and when I first started writing, I was actually writing fantasy as well. And I submitted a fantasy story. It was a high fantasy short story and they Mm -hmm. accepted that. And that appeared in the first issue. And then I sort of got on board with them in an editorial capacity, and I worked on a couple of special issues. And it was that experience, that experience I feel helped me out quite a bit as well, taking a seat on the other side of the desk, uh, being a sort of being an editor. You could even take a, a job as a slush editor, but uh, I think that's good as well. That helps one to develop one's craft and to look at 
<clears throat> what others are doing right and wrong and uh, so uh, and working through all of that and, and getting a good handle on what works and what doesn't so that's so another, it, it uh, didn't that just help you creatively it helped you with like the business and the process and the and the actual practicality and the mechanics of it all is what you're saying right and going in to analyze uh, every yeah others work as well I think sort of helped me to uh, find better methods of analyzing my own work and self-editing at least to the to the extent that I'm able to that's um, awesome that's great that's kind of what I was hoping you'd say that because that's uh, that's like one of my next steps so I don't want to hog up the whole show here but um I, I appreciate your feedback and I followed you on Twitter and I look forward to reading your book thank you very much I appreciate it thank you for calling in yeah have a, uh, have a good one and good luck in your career thanks for your advice hey thanks so thank much you. Joe and book is uh, called The Snitch, The Witch, and The One Who Was Rich. It is a beautiful book. It is a good book. And I can't wait to see what he has coming for us next. So thank yeah, you so much, Yeah, I got a surprise. Too. My book, my next book, it'll be all done. It's at the publisher right now and the editors and stuff, and it'll be out in two or three months. Uh, all I can tell you, I can't tell you the title or anything, but it's about an alien uh, that visits Earth and takes a, bunch of, takes a lot of pictures. And uh, that's, all, that, that's, the, that's the premise of the book. So I appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay, thank Excellent. you so much, Jeff. All right, bye-bye. And also, let me. this is a good chance for me to thank you so much for Joe Sprague's call. Um, uh, Tommy B. Smith, T-O-M-M-Y, B as in boy, Smith, S-M-I-T-H, dot com is the website. And also on Twitter, you are pen, P-E-N, of, O-V, chaos, C-H-A-O-S. And I will be sharing all of Tommy's social media on my social media, both as uh, Madam Perry and as uh, Jennifer Perry. So, um, yeah, those are good questions. I like to see, I like how, how authors help other authors. That's good. Um, oh, yes, I agree. Are you traveling right now? Or you... support... I see um, that you've had... the moment. No? Okay. Um, I just had a, I had a local signing. Um, and uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm sort of going into hibernation where I try to get as much writing done as I can. Um, okay. <laughs> I, did, I did a local event, and I actually have another one at the, at the library up here that I'm going to do uh, next month. So uh, I am doing some local events right now, but uh, that's, yeah, that's about and it at also, the moment. I saw some um, a lot of stuff you've got going on with um, – uh, let me look, look through here. And of course, remember if you listen to it, Seventh Star Press, yes. and anybody want to war with Tommy B. Smith, his new books in print and e-books. Um, you've had a lot of um, a lot of good reviews, and I think with some book bloggers that really love you, um, you've had some personal appearances, and I'm hoping you're going to be having some more coming close to Christmas where people can meet you in person. Hopefully so. I know I'll have the one at the library, and anything else I can squeeze in, that, that'll be a plus. And we'll have to see what happens on that. <laughs> yes, it's it's not always easy, is it? Because there's um, no. <laughs> so, so much life. That's what I always said, you know, with, with the arts, any kind of arts. You know, there's this, like, the, people go from just struggling to... Um, you know, and then those ones that you hear about that can afford to trash the hotel room. <laughs> you do. So, um, 
yeah, this is um, this is going to be this is going to be a very successful book. You know, this is my bit. Oh, and Joe says thanks. Thanks for the good advice. Uh, you're welcome, oh, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. I can tell from from following you that and and talking to you and reading your work and interviews. Anybody want to play war is going to be a very very successful book, and I just wish you all the best. So. <laughs> hey, and and put it out since you you know you you've already got a taste of what it's like to be with the the film festival, the film world. You know, um, put it out to Netflix somebody because you know I live in Atlanta and I've worked on Stranger Things and I've worked on a few more mm. series that I can't name because of the non disclosure agreements, but. Hey. Right, all right. Yeah, it's, give, it's definitely it, a thought it, and an idea. Yeah, hey, give me some more work, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can get do. It, get it filming down here in Atlanta, okay? We can always use more work down to. here. Okay, because I, I just see... Um, I see great things in you, not just because you're a good author, but I uh, just just have good vibes about you all around. So I really look forward to seeing you. what you have the next time you come here. And, of course, you know you always have a home, a place uh, right here in Madam Perry's salon, Tommy. Well, thank you very much. I certainly appreciate you having me back on the show. It's, it's always a pleasure. Absolute pleasure is all mine. So uh, don't forget Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.